in to score Merrifield. Kiermaier's in to score. Springer's coming down the line. He wants to score. It's an inside the Parker for George Springer. Berrios on the move. Pitch out a chain. Blocked by Berrios. Blocked by Armstead. Look at him dive. Look at him score. David sliding it to Bouchard. He gets it back. A pass over. And a ball for Dreisaitl. Sports Radio is back in the Edmonton area. This is Sports 1440 and the Kevin Carius Show. Oh, and a good Tuesday morning to you. 7 o'clock in the Capital Region. Looking for a high of about 20 degrees today. 16 right now is a... Like an El Nino came through overnight. Uh, the Oilers with a 5 nothing loss on back-to-backs in Winnipeg. Uh, lost 2-1 in a shootout on Sunday. And then 5 nothing last night. Okay, uh, Chikai, Chikai, everyone's kind of got to, you know, just take a deep breath here. Uh The real bullets will start flying a little later uh, into the week and into next week as the regular season uh, kicks off. Uh, Really, it was a 1-0 game last night until early in the third period. So I think the uh, try was there, effort was there for sure. Um, After it was 1-0, basically, you know, early goal in the third period to make it 2-0 and then... uh, Three goals in the back half of the third. So uh, goal scorers, Connor, Pionk, Gustafson, Barron, and at the Coba Cobana, Kyle uh, Copabianco. Uh, five nothing. Uh, pretty good effort uh, in goal by former Edmonton Oil King, Laurent Brassois. 26 saves for the shutout. Um, after the game, Jay Woodcroft said that he liked Adam Ernie's game. Uh, Ernie on a professional tryout. 61 games last year with Detroit. Uh, had eight goals, 10 assists, but uh, he's got uh, his work cut out from the Oilers. will take a day off today and then host the Vancouver Canucks tomorrow. And I might see a few more veterans uh, into the lineup. Uh, last night, uh, kind of a, an American Hockey League um, tilted lineup. Uh, did have a couple of veterans on the back end in uh, Cody CC Brett Kulak, but we'll probably see a few more um, regulars tomorrow. How does that sound when Vancouver visits? Bo Akey was sent down yesterday to the junior ranks, and Barry showed quite well, actually, in the one exhibition game that he did play. And actually, I got to watch him a full scrimmage last week. Looked kind of poised and looked uh, pretty good for a young 18-year-old defenseman. So uh, he'll be down in... Uh, Barry with the Colts for more seasoning and really I think his goal would have to be to try to make or at least get to some World Junior uh, uh, notification, see what happens there. Uh, the Duke of Delburn, a couple of big games for you last night in the NFL, keeping an eye on and I don't know, again, they weren't uh, exactly uh, thrillers, were they? No, good. God, no. Especially especially the Rams and Bengals game. There was oh. one touchdown in the entire game. It was a field goal fest. Uh, the Bengals able to scrape out a win and keep themselves from falling to 0-3, which 
would be borderlining on disaster, I think, for that team that has mm-hmm. Super Bowl aspirations. So they avoid the 0-3 start. Um, Rams continue to look like a, a kind of frisky team. Uh, didn't have their best stuff last night by any stretch. but And then a rainy one down in Tampa Bay. The Eagles handle business, and um, that one kind of went the way I think everybody expected it. Mm-hmm. Steer Farmer checks in on our text line, one 1440 he, he just wants to wish us a great day every day. He's right off the hop. But good morning. Have a great show and great day. Um did you have a chance to look at that? I and mean, we got to try to see if we can get this guy on. His name's Mark Potash. Mark Potash. Did you have a look at his? Uh, he had a. He works for the Chicago Sun Times. He sent his uh, his report card out after the Bears game on Sunday against Kansas City. All Fs. Like, he, and he ran down everyone. Like accurate, he, yeah. Quarterback. Like he ran down every position. F F F F F. Did you ever have a report card like that, Duke? Back in the day in it, uh, Delburn Elementary or whatever? Well, in Delburn, Kevin, it's K-12, to so it's Delburn Centralized School, uh, 500 kids <laughs> on a good year in the whole in the whole joint. But, no, I was actually quite the academic what? in my uh, younger – I know it's well, hard I can to believe tell right looking now. at me now. Yes. Um, yeah, as he, in everything from elementary right up even to the end of high school, uh, school came pretty easy to me, which was a bit of um, – an uh, like anti blessing in disguise because then it kind of made me think everything would come uh, easy and it was not the case uh, once you move on to post secondary and things like that. But so uh, you're like a brainiac. I certainly wouldn't classify myself that way, but uh, I was very good with reading hmm. and uh, good with numbers and stuff. And I had an affinity for some social sciences like history and things and language and things wow. like that. So Remember, we had my mom in here on Friday mm-hmm. and she said I was the smartest out of all the carious kids. I don't know if she said that, Kevin. Oh. I think she said she was still keeping that secret to herself, uh, at least for as long as she possibly can. Yeah. And how disappointing was it? I, I didn't end up, uh, it's, it's, it's in question. Um, my grade 12, I never ended up uh, getting the old certificate. How's that sound? And <laughs> lied to get into college twice. <laughs> you know, uh, that's how it went back in Yeah, those sometimes days. you, you, know, you got to hustle. You got to hustle it out there. <laughs> Kevin carries the street hustler. Yeah, well, I, don't, I wouldn't say that either. But um, anyway, this Mark Potash dude, Chicago Sun-Times, got a lot of press yesterday in the Windy City for... Um, his article basically saying every team, or sorry, every aspect of the Bears team with a fail. And by rights, I mean, they lost 41-10 to KC. They don't have a direction, it seems, uh, right now. So uh, we'll see what happens as we get into uh, week four. Um, Your fantasy teams did okay after week three finished, Duke? Yeah, very good. Yeah, in one league, finishes the high-scoring team in another uh, second-highest-scoring. So things are looking all good in fantasy land for me. I had even even gave out a little bit of good advice last week on the on fantasy frenzy with Connor Halley. Uh, Not to, to some, me, to some avid listeners. Well, you didn't ask me no. last week. You, I think you're steering away after I gave you some <laughs> poor advice the week prior. Um, but yeah, no, great week in fantasy. And like I said, a couple. So-so games last night to wrap up week three, but already looking uh, looking ahead to Thursday night at the Brew House for week number four. Always who, looking ahead. Who do we got Thursday? I can't remember. On Thursday night this week, we have the Lions visiting the Packers yes. at Lambeau Field for uh, what's shaping up to maybe look like could have some big implications on who's going to end up winning the NFC North. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody would have picked the Packers to be the one competing with Detroit because Detroit was the favorites going into the season, but uh, that's how it's shaping up through three, week, three weeks so far. I'm embarrassed to play fantasy football right now. Um, 0-4, we have a double week last week. 0-4, uh, 
Jason Greger, not much better at one and three, and he had five or six extra draft picks because he tanked last year. So I am the worst team in the league by far. And again, we do points for and et cetera. I am 236 points back of the leader after three weeks. That's almost impossible. That's a tough tough spot to be in. And wow. You said fantasy's not going your way. Golf's not going your way. Lost good, th- good thing hockey season's right around the corner. I lost at 31. However, I did score the winning goal in uh, fa- uh, uh, noon hour hockey on Friday. Oh, there you go. Yes. There you go. So things aren't all that bad for me, Duke. Things are okay. They're okay. Um, another. How about tonight? I think the Dancing with the Stars gets underway. And Adrian Peterson, the former Minnesota Viking, among other teams, is uh, on the hardwood, I guess. There's been some great athletes over the years on Dancing with the Stars. And, I, I don't, and okay, I've never really watched it. I'm sure you probably haven't either. But I did kind of start watching it when Strudwick told me, because when he was on the Battle of the Blades, he says, well, you got to watch this. And I, don't know, I think he was in the dancing some event here too in town. I can't remember. Or no, maybe it was Shona. I think Shona might have been a, in, in some dancing event in town here. But I don't know. Anyway, a lot of people are excited to see um, Adrian Peterson. I don't I don't know. Maybe our listeners are excited to, to watch it tonight. I don't know. Oilers are on a day off. Maybe that's something they can uh, address us at one 401 Do you have a favorite athlete that went on dancing with the stars? There were some great ones. Emmett Smith did it. Jerry Rice. Jerry it, Rice. Believe, yeah. You know. Those are the only two that come to Those the front are, of my mind. Like it's like like you said, I've never seen it. I did. You'll watch be a, watching tonight. I watched a lot of seasons of Battle of the Blades. Maybe that's just the Canadian in me that I found yeah. that uh, way more entertaining. And my sisters grew up figure skating, um, or two of them did. One played hockey like I did, so it was kind of uh, as a family we like to sit down and watch that and have mm-hmm. some um, friendly banter and stuff about you know what is more difficult, playing hockey or figure skating, and. Both of them have their challenges. I, I can definitely say I've I tried once skating on those figure skates as like a little um, yeah. kind of fun bit thing uh, at the end of a hockey season with some girls in my grade that were figure skaters. And man, with those picks, that's what they. Call I, it, I sure can't do it. That's why they call them toe picks, yeah. right? You know, oh, yeah. someone toe picked, and it's uh, that's not in in figure skating in in hockey or whatever. <laughs> uh, text comes in one eight three three four zero one. Fourteen forty from Rockford. Didn't Evander Holyfield dance on the show too? Uh, I think he did. Um, cheek to cheek, ear to ear, I guess, sort of thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Uh, King of Fort Nasty. Good morning, uh, KK and Duke. Why? What was up with Stanford and the Rams refusing to run the ball last night? Multiple failed third down attempts of passing. Bengals D had it all figured out. Uh, throwing every time, sacked six times. Brutal. Uh, again, and then they run the ball down when they get down to the, well, they were at about the five-yard line or so, ate up about 30 seconds off the clock at the end. It probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. They still needed a short kick. But some of these coaching decisions, I mean, again, and then, um, you know, we were listening, you, you listen to um, the Raiders talking about the justification of going for a field goal, and everyone's going, what? Come on, man. So uh, Philly wins last night 25-11 over Tampa. Cincy, 1916 over LA. I believe that would have been a push. It was a three-point spread. I, I got it at two and a half. Ah, you did, eh? So three. that was a, a narrow win for me. I was feeling very confident about halfway through the fourth quarter. Um, but then I and I actually went upstairs. I, I left the game on in the basement with uh, my friend. I went upstairs to whip up a little late-night supper. Um, very late <laughs> What would night. that have been? 
Awesome tacos. I love, uh, you know, farm fresh beef, throw that in the pan, sizzle it up, spice it up, and then uh, I don't get know. all the fixings. I'm just envisioning your late night suppers like just a box of KD. I, no. I mean, there are nights, don't get me wrong, but I, I like to think my taste has evolved a little bit more over time than just that. Uh, I'm far from a chef. I, I don't go too extravagant with anything, but there are certain things I really, really like to whip up, mm. tacos being, being one of them. Uh, yes, Evander Holyfield did. Uh, in season number one, placed fifth, apparently, it says. Uh, but, so, I mean, now that you look at the... You're st- I'm starting... Kurt Warner was on Dancing with the Stars. Michael Irvin, Dancing with the Stars. Lawrence Taylor, LT, Dancing with the Stars. A lot of football guys. And, and, you know, okay, then when you think about... because. Obviously, you're dancing with your partner. So, like, Layla Ali dancing with the stars. It seems that the uh, Christy Yamaguchi dancing with the stars. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> yes, I remember I'm that go- I, There is a yeah. full page that I, this is the one I'm looking at. It's a dancing with the stars wiki page. Like, okay. not Wikipedia, but like kind of like a fact sheet page. And it's got them all listed out in alphabetical order here. Doug Flutie. Uh, there you go. See, there, this list is I, extensive. I, I told was... you, it's a big show, <laughs> very big. Um, the, I don't. I'm on just another site. Maybe it ranks them. So anyway, it says Emmett Smith was probably one of the best ones ever. And now that I remember, he was he could move out there. Well, he, all you gotta do is watch him on the football field, yeah. and that. Uh... And you know, and I, the other thing, like those guys, like they practice lots. You can ask Dreddy. Like I mean, he was out in Toronto for hours and hours and hours dancing. Or uh, skating, pardon me, with his partner. I can't. She was a was it Ukrainian or Russian? I can't remember who Strutty's partner we'll was. Figure that one out too. Uh, another exciting show coming up today. Uh, in about oh five to six minutes, we will check in with Dave Randorf, Tampa Bay Lightning play by play. Been down there a couple of years now. After kind of running the gamut up in Canada on the networks. Um, Mark Spector on the mark, powered by Booster Juice at 8 o'clock. Frank Saravelli, our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. Uh, and the Daily Faceoff show comes up at 8.20. Boy, you know what? We've got some, we've talked to a lot of great goaltenders, haven't we? Over the, like, just think, run it, run down the list. I can't even, like, just starting with Grant Fear, who we'll get to that in a second. Uh, yeah, Fearzy, we had Pete Peters on yesterday. Um, Char- uh, Kelly Rudy was on last week or was it the week prior? Mm-hmm. Um, that's just off the top of my head. Who else did we have? Um, well, we're going to have Chris Mason on, Red Deer Rebel, former the former Red Deer Rebel. Rebel's legend. Yep. Uh, now Nashville Predators uh, analyst. He'll join us at 9 o'clock. Really excited for our 940 guest, uh, Terry Vaughn, former CFLer. Uh, I talked to him when he had his um, um, name put onto the double E Ring of Honor, Wall of Fame. It's a lot of names, things there. Uh, and then uh, at 1020... Another former oiler, Jason Chimera, will guess with us. And if you've ever seen Jason Chimera still skate, he could probably still play uh, in the NHL. Uh, the guy is just can fly. He's one of those guys that just uh, unreal, just stayed with it. And sometimes it never leaves a guy. Uh, just totally amazing. Uh, Stair Farmer wants to know, my sister trained with George Larac when he was getting ready for the show. Was that the, that must have been the Battle of the Blades. Uh there you go. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, if you've got a favorite dancing with the star, athlete, former athlete, 
male or female, because there's tons of them. Send us a text, one 401 Maybe Dave Randorf was uh, going to go on the Battle of the Blades or Dancing with the Stars. Who knows? He will guest with us. Uh, the current Tampa Bay Lightning play-by-play man joins us next on the Kevin Carey Show on 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program. 720 in the Capital Region. Oilers coming up a 5-0 loss last night in Winnipeg. Lorraine Brassois, 26 saves for the shutout. Oilers are taking today off. And um, if you listen to Coach Jay Woodcroft last night, he kind of said the team needed a day off. It's been kind of a breakneck pace here, uh, even though they are just been going at it for five, six days in camp. But you're just trying to instill a lot of systems. You're trying to get everyone acclimatized, trying to get things going. So they'll take today off and then uh, host the Vancouver Canucks. Tomorrow we will likely see a few more veterans in in the lineup tomorrow against the Canucks. All right, let's welcome in our first guest of the day. Uh, Dave Randorf, play-by-play coach, play-by-play man of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And Dave is just, I think he's just walking into Amelie Arena. Uh, in Tampa Bay, and we're going to just check in with Dave in about a minute as the Duke of Delburn uh, wires him up again. We already did get Dave on the line, but I think we may have just lost him as he's walking in. Uh, if you've got a text, uh, 1-833-401-1440. Text coming in, we'll get to those in a little bit, and we've got quite a few... Uh, uh, text coming in on the dancing with the stars yeah, kind of cool. It's pretty pretty cool actually. So uh, the Duke has uh, got Dave on the line, and uh, we'll check in with uh, Dave Randorf uh, right now in Tampa Bay. Morning, Dave. How are you? I'm great. Good morning. How are you doing? In good, good. All good in Edmonton. All good. Uh, probably a little warmer down where you are, but uh, that is the case almost 100 percent of the time, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. I can safely say that is uh, probably accurate. It was unbearably hot this summer, but um, you know what? I don't like complaining about the weather because yeah. it's usually pretty darn nice. Now, do you summer all down there? Do you, do you come back to Canada for a bit? How, how does your summer kind of look? My summer, uh, no, we, we live here full time okay. now. And this is, I'm going into my fourth season. Time flies. Uh, but yeah, we, we, we live down here. Um, I, I did get back to Canada twice in the summer once to see my sons graduate from university another uh just uh what two weeks ago uh went back up to ontario to visit friends and family one more time before uh the season kicks in but for the most part uh, i'm down here uh what university did your uh, son graduate from you got to be pretty proud I, yeah very proud both uh i've got three sons and uh one of them was uh, already done and the other two are twins and one graduated from university of guelph Oh. And the other one from Wilfrid Laurier University, both with honors. So I was uh, uh, proud and impressed. And with honor, honors not, not taking on from your side of the family, I guess, huh? I don't know where that came from, but uh, I was happy to see it happen. Oh, for sure, for sure. So you've been down, as you mentioned, this is coming up your fourth season with Tampa Bay. Can you explain the difference and how what what you enjoy more or if there's anything that you don't enjoy more compared to when you were in Canada with the networks, both at TSN and Sportsnet? Uh, but what's it like just to be concentrating and being totally immersed with one team? Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the biggest difference, I would tell you. Um, you know, with TSN and certainly with Hockey Night in Canada and Sportsnet, you're a quote-unquote, I'm using the air quotes here, a mm-hmm. national broadcaster. So I fly into Edmonton on a Friday, do the game Saturday night, and fly out first thing Sunday morning. And, you know, while we all love doing the games, you don't 
despite the fact if I was doing a Battle of Alberta game or or the Canucks were in Edmonton, despite the fact that either fan base thinks that I'm you know cheering against their team or hate their team, which isn't the case. You don't yeah. care who wins. You don't. Uh, you know, you want a good show, and I love the games, and we love doing the games. But you have no real investment in who wins. Sometimes it's it's a little bit more fun in a home ice environment if they if there's a big exciting comeback at the end, and that's great. But uh, here, I, I quickly realized it's it's a different thing, and you you kind of we all get Kevin, we all get into this, yourself probably included, because we were sports fans, couldn't play, so let, might as well talk about it and be around it. And when you are a national broadcaster at TSN for all those years, like the CFL, yeah. I, I grew up a BC Lions fan, but I didn't, uh, you know, you, you lose that affiliation or that allegiance as you go along um, because, you know, you're covering the league. And now down here, you quickly, you know, you're part of something. Mm-hmm. The, the Lightning are very inclusive in terms of their whole crew, and, and you're made to feel part of it. You know, I've got a Stanley Cup ring to prove it, which is just an amazing gift from the organization. And it is, uh, it's fun caring who wins and loses again. And, and quite honestly, the fan wants to hear me call a lightning broadcast. Yes. That's my job. And I found that out actually uh, in the first season because I came down and I knew I had to make a shift as a broadcaster, um, you know, be a little bit more team friendly. But I wasn't quite there yet, and I thought I was. And a couple people <laughs> pointed it out to me, and I went, you know what? You're you're right. I probably should, you know, just let it hang out a little bit more for the for the lightning, and and I have, and it's been a good adjustment, and and I I, I enjoy covering this team in particular because they're good, they're exciting, the building is full every night. It's a great place to see a game. You know, the rink at Edmonton obviously is a jewel, and it's beautiful, and and when the Oilers are humming, it's a great place to be as well. But uh, if you've never been, never been the road trip down to Tampa, mm-hmm. it's worth it. It's a uh, it's a great place to see a game. It's and, your... and in and around the rink. It's got a great pregame and postgame outdoor setup. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. It sure is. Dave Randorf, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, play-by-play is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440. Uh, I was, you mentioned that team aspect. I was lucky enough, Dave, to do seven years of Oilers fill-in for color. And when you travel with the team and you're doing all that and you're around them all the time, you do feel part of it. And and that's and it, and it reflects on how what you how you broadcast the games. Did you you said you had to have that transition to um, get into from a single t- uh, from a, a you know league wide uh, perspective to a single team? Were there was there anything in particular that you had to kind of uh, work on to polish in that sense to to make sure that you were you know you're a hundred percent Tampa Bay Lightning guy? Uh, well, I caught myself one time. Um, Sasha Barkov scored a great goal. Of course, he of the Florida Panthers. He scored a great goal. I believe it was in Tampa, too. And, um, you know, I leaned into that one a little because it was an excellent goal, you know. <laughs> He's a great player. And this is, a, you know, when I first started here, and I thought to myself, you know, I should probably dial it back just a little bit on that Florida Panthers goal in Tampa. And that's when I realized, okay, you know, I, I've got to – I. I they do not want me to dumb it down here. Mm-hmm. They do not want me to completely go full homer and and completely ignore a, a tremendous play or a tremendous goal or save from the opposing team. That that's not the mandate at all. And I, to be quite honest, I'm glad they don't want that because I, I don't agree with that. I think it sounds uh, a little bush of you. You want yeah. to use a word that that would, that would and and there's there's broadcasts other to do it, but. That's the way they want it, and that's the way they have to be. But thankfully, it's not the case here. But uh, generally, it's just 
learning the history of this team, mm-hmm. it's a fascinating history. It is this team started playing in what would be the equivalent of a rec center in Edmonton uh, that that they put seats in and squeezed in ten thousand people. They played it was called a fair, uh, the Florida State Fairgrounds uh, facility rec center, and it, it's nothing more than a, than a, a larger mm-hmm. rec center like an eight rings. And it's still still around, and I've been in it. And I thought, wow, this is where they started, and now they have three Stanley Cups. Mm-hmm. They played two years in the uh, what is now called Tropicana Field, where they raised play. They called it the Thunderdome back then, and before they moved in the building that they now have in downtown. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, for for people who are still wondering if this is a hockey <laughs> town, you know, I, I just I just shake my head because it's it's a very knowledgeable fan base, very passionate fan base. And and the the fact of the matter is they've got three cups in the time that no team in Canada has won. Right, exactly. Uh, Dave Randorf, a uh, guest with us from Tampa Bay, and uh, yeah, go back. Uh, you know when Phil Esposito was in in charge, and and you know bringing in things like Manon Riom and trying to drum up any kind of excitement to get people to talk. It's 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 come. He was up. he yeah. was it, again. If you really want to. Uh, we all know what Phil uh, yeah. means in Canada. He's an icon, and, and the famous speech that he made during the '72 uh, Summit Series in, in Vancouver, employing the, the fans to get off their backs and stop booing them. Uh, but down here, he's, he's a legend as well because he he begged, borrowed, and stole to get the, the franchise here. Uh, wrote checks that he couldn't cash. Stretched the truth uh, quite a ways, uh, and seriously to, to land this team here. And was adamant that it needed to be downtown and needed to be this, needed to be that. And, and lo and behold, he's still around. He does mm-hmm. the home radio broadcast. He's got a statue outside. The he's a character. Oh my God! Yeah. It, uh, he was just inducted into the first, uh, the inaugural uh, Lightning Hall of Fame class last season with Vincent LeCavalier and, oh. and Marty St. Louis. And, and that in itself says everything you need. And, and he says, of, for all his accomplishments, going into this particular, getting this particular honor, the Lightning. Hall of Fame hmm. is he's most proud of. Gosh, he kind of uh, reminded me back in the day when he was getting things going of a, like Bill Hunter. What, remember Bill Hunter when he was trying yeah, to sure. get everything going, you know, and trying to get a franchise in Saskatoon and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of when, when we, well, they called him Trader Phil before he got there too. But, um, you know, man, yeah, he's he's a character. He's a character for sure. Dave Randorf is our guest from uh, Tampa Bay. And just one other question before we get to the Lightning, Dave. Do you miss... Um, you know, you covered so many Olympics and then, you know, with the CFL and things like that, do you miss that kind of aspect of uh, your career uh, at all? Like, a little bit? Um, yeah, yes, a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, to be honest, I, I both TSN and, and, and Sportsnet were, were, were great, were very great to me in that the, the opportunity I, I got to travel the world with TSN. I literally yeah. went around the globe uh, one year covering international hockey and Olympics and things. And, uh, you know, TSN, I'll be forever grateful to, for, uh, for all the, the hockey. They started me with hockey. I, yeah. I, I landed a hockey job just uh, because somebody thought I, I, I had potential. And, uh, and it's led to me, you know, calling the lightning games here and my years in the CFL, I'm very, uh, very fond of and very proud of, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. We, we took a, a property, we, and the whole group of us took a property that was, struggling on television and we polished it and made it fun and kind of cool to watch especially on friday nights and 
and it's it's you know what it is now. And and uh, I still watch a lot of the games down here. We can get them on CFL Plus and CBS mm-hmm. Sports Network. So I, I'm following. I'm definitely keeping track of it. Yeah. And of course, I'm very uh, very proud to have sat in a booth on a Saturday night for Hockey Night in Canada for six years. Mm-hmm. You know, not not a lot of people have uh, been there, and uh, you know, we all grow up watching that program and. And to get there uh, was a very, very fond and very proud of those, that accomplishment to get there. But having said all that, this is a, a new chapter here in my life, and it's it's very exciting. And it was a kind of a shot of adrenaline, and, and uh, everything's new. And the organization itself is absolutely first class. Mm-hmm. And it treats everybody top to bottom, uh, you know, just, just wonderfully. And so I feel very fortunate. Well, you know, it's funny when when everyone was, you know, the job was open and, I mean, I'm, you know, I assume many, many people were applying for the, the Tampa Bay job and things like that. And they were looking at it and whatever. And as soon as you got it, everyone up here went, oh, Dave Randorf, that lucky son of a gun. You know that? <laughs> well, the texts and messages that I got that said exactly that in language much worse yes, than I believe it. But again, yeah, because and and you're full marks, Dave. For, you deserve everything that you've done. You had a wonderful career, and it's just kind of getting going, it seems, uh, you know, on this level. But, yeah, everyone was up here, oh, come, oh that, that would have been the best job ever, right? Oh. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, that. But I, I uh, yeah, I've um I know the lineup was uh, was out the door. That's for sure. That's mm-hmm. how squeaked in. But it's, it's, uh, I, I feel very grateful to be here. It's, it's a fun job for sure. So, how are the Lightning looking? I guess uh, you know, just a week into training camp or so. I mean, obviously, the bigger bigger news coming out of Tampa has been Steven Stamkos that we hear up here. Mm-hmm. So, can you kind of shed a little light on that situation? Well, the light has kind of been shed by Steven. I'm sitting in the parking lot right now, just about to go in and watch their morning skate before they. Uh, part of the group heads off to uh, Carolina tonight for their first preseason game, and then they'll play again tomorrow night at Nashville. I'm not exactly sure who's in, the, in that lineup. They'll find out shortly, but that's not really super important. But um, the Stamco situation, um, from afar, from our side of the border, I mean our side, the Canadian side, we all know what Stephen Stamkos means mm-hmm. uh, in his stature in a league, let alone this city. But now that I'm here, you know, I, I, it's even... Uh, more greatly impressed upon me that he is, you know, he is a true pillar. He and Hedman are the pillars of this organization. It, it all starts with them day to day, on and off the ice. He's a tremendous leader, a tremendous person. And um, the other day, uh, very first day of uh, media availability, before they even had a practice, actually, he was asked about his contract situation. He's on an expiring contract, and he was quite open saying that he was disappointed that no meaningful talks, if any talks at all, had happened over the summer. And uh, he was asked, well, will you talk about it during the season? He says, well, that's not up to me. I'm, I'm here, I'm ready, and there's been no discussion yet. So that was a bit of a bombshell here. And, of course, I've tracked it in, on how it was covered in Canada. And I knew, standing right there, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to go off uh, big time. you got to understand, Kevin, it's a very different media market here. Imagine your typical daily scrum around – Todd Woodcroft or Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl, you know, two or three guys deep all the way around. It's just not the same here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's only, you know, a couple of big guys, and then there's other guys like myself and my partner, Brian Englum, who work for the team. So it's, it's not as, uh, you know, but I knew that the word would travel, and it did. Now, right after that, Julian Breesbaugh came to the podium for his preseason availability. And Julian Breesbaugh, uh, he is a you know, gained this this respect level around the league for the way he goes about his business and the teams that he has built to win 
uh, back-to-back cups and to go to a third consecutive Stanley Cup final. And so he was, but he's very refreshingly, he's very open and candid and honest mm-hmm. with the media when asked a question. And in a nutshell, he said, first of all, he gave all due credit to Stephen what he means on and off the ice to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it is his goal certainly to keep him here. But then he added, but this isn't just about Stephen Stamkos finishing his career as a member of the Lightning. This is also about us being a competitive team year in, year out, along with Stephen still being here and hopefully finishing his career here. And for that to happen, he said, I need to assess every little bit of information about the group that I have right now. Who's going to step up? Who's going to fall off? What, where the money is being spent, I need to use my cap dollars extremely wisely right now, and I need to gather all that uh, information over the course of the season. He made it sound like mm-hmm. this is not going to be settled until after the season. That's uh, what I took away from it. Right. Uh, that could easily change if uh, they were to come to the table again and get something done. But, you know, Julian made it sound like he needs to see who does what before he makes a, uh, makes a, a long, longer-term commitment to Stamkos, who is 33 years old now. Mm-hmm. Steven is coming off two excellent seasons. He's only missed two games in those two seasons, and one was to be to rush home for the birth of his third child. Yeah. So he's been healthy. He's been productive. He's hit 1,000 points, 1,000 games, uh, 500 goals. He's a, he's a future Hall of Famer. Uh, but uh, Julian also is a manager who knows that the salary cap dictates things and, and, and we'll have to see how much money they have to spend because they've given a lot of extensions to their younger core. And, and I think this is part of what rubs Stamkos the wrong way. Point, Sergachev, uh, C- uh, Sorelli, mm-hmm. um, Chernak, all these guys, Brandon Hagel, all got their deals done before they expired, a year ahead of their expiration date. And he's like waving his hand going, "Uh, hello, remember me? So I understand his side. I also understand Julian's. And this is going, he's going to get asked about it. Um, We're going up to Canada the first week. Uh, There's no (laughs) doubt he's going to be asked about this uh, everywhere he goes in Canada. Yeah, everywhere he goes. Uh, Dave Randorf, just a couple more uh, for you, Uh, Dave Randorf. uh, Tampa Bay Lightning play-by-play man, Um, Andre Vasilevsky, everything okay there? Yeah, good question. Um, first day of practice, I was out here, and he came out and stretched, and then I turned to my partner, uh, Brian Engel, and said, have you seen Vassy? Hmm. He snuck off the ice, and we haven't seen him since. They had a day off yesterday, and uh, I don't know whether he's going to be out there today. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Cooper was finally asked about it yesterday um, in the media scrum, uh, and he said he's dealing – He's Weathering something, I think, is the exact word he used. He said they're right now not concerned about this being long-term, that uh, you know he'll be there when he needs to be there. It's a long training game, long preseason, all the stuff that you would um, expect to hear with a player of such great importance to the level of success of his team. He'd be the, if not the elite goaltender still in the NHL, then he'd be yeah. like number two, no worse than number three on anybody's list. Um, so, unless you're talking about that guy that voted McDavid fifth overall, but that's another story. Uh, maybe his list. He's got to put down. Yeah, he's probably further. he's probably not on the top ten on that guy's list. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm certainly curious as to what's going on and, and if he is going to be there opening night because fantasy has been incredibly mm-hmm. durable, and I see this guy night in, night out, and you talk about. Spectacular! Uh, you're arriving on time, mentally prepared. Last year, in his own words, he said, 
he was up and down. He didn't have a great year. And then he had to pay more attention to recovery time, listen to his body more, not mm-hmm. be so intent on being the quote-unquote workhorse guy who can play every single night in back-to-backs, that he had to be smarter. And But I, I can pretty much guarantee you that missing the first four days of camp is not part of the recovery plan. It's, it's, it, there's something up, yeah. for sure. Um, it's just a matter of severity and what it is. Uh, I'm sure that will, as the days go by here, I mean, if he's not out there today, I'm, I'm sure uh, the you know details will start to uh, go public here as to what is the, uh, the problem here with Andre Vasilevsky and, and whether or not this is long-term. But clearly... Um, that would be a huge blow. It would be a huge blow to any team. Mm-hmm. This team does not have an experienced backup. They signed Jonas Johansson, who uh, is a guy who has never been a starter. He's got a you know handful of games. He's shown some some good ability in Colorado and in Buffalo, but you know he's not uh, the next Vassy. And they've got nobody with anybody uh, with any any shell experience in the in the system after that. So. Mm-hmm. Whether they'd have to go out and get somebody, and how they would do that would would be another question for Julian. Yeah, for sure. He, for my money, he to win one game. Vasilevsky's number one at the top of my list. One last one for you, yeah. uh, Dave uh, Randorf from uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, play by play man. Uh, this comes from a text uh, from uh, Oiler. Uh, sorry, Oliver Steve loved Randorf's call on Cassian's monster game in the 2017 playoffs. Um, what do, you, what, do you do? You remember that one? I'm sure you do. I do. Yeah. I do. I remember that very well. I remember. Um, I think he scored a shorthanded goal, and he also had two, two or three you know, huge hits where he just blew guys up, like like knocked like one. I believe was on Logan Logan Couture. Yep. And, yeah, and he just you know, <laughs> and I remember Logan the next day was down playing. Oh yeah, well, big deal. I fell down, you know. But no, he he was running around. He he had a night. And uh, listen, I, I I loved calling those those early playoff games because I knew they were important, and it was the first foray back into the postseason mm-hmm. with Edmonton and McDavid, and and uh, got to call his very first playoff goal. So uh, I thanks Oliver, I, I really appreciate that because um, I've got fond memories of calling a lot of Oilers games, including of course the goalie fight, which I mean, how can you forget <laughs> that? One? Yeah, I mean you've had, I mean it seemed every time you did an Oilers game, something happened. <laughs> Well, that's not me. There's always something happening there, and now, yeah. uh, now that job, now that job, rightfully so, belongs to Jack. And yeah. he does an awesome job with it. Well, Dave, appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the uh, early goings here of Tampa Bay camp, and then we'll see you when you zip up to Canada here. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much for having me on, Kevin, and then hello to everybody up there in Edmonton. It's uh, and thanks for the text, Oliver. All right, that's uh, Dave Randorf. Tampa Bay Lightning, play-by-play, man, does an excellent job, man. Again, everyone was talking, oh, that lucky son of a gun. He got the best job going in, you know, in the NHL. So uh, we'll have some uh, open text line uh, coming up. And then at the top of the hour, Mark Spector and then Frank Cervelli, all on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. All right, welcome back to the big program as we snip off the Duke's favorite artist of all time, B.A. That's like, do you do two? Is it like, do you come into the show, Duke, and go, I need to have one minimum. I'd like to have two Brian Adams songs. Like, what's the thought process here? One per morning. One, one per morning. morning. And yeah. it's usually in this, uh, this 740 break. Because hmm. uh, I said we don't usually, uh, very rarely have a guest in this break. So I don't have anything to, to yes. tee up or anything. Okay. And it's, uh, yeah, just I my, little, let it go my, little, my, little, for... my little guilty pleasure of the morning. Okay, I could have let it go a little longer. I just thought I was going to cut your grass a little bit. So, um not sure if the NHL has sent it out, but Frank Cervelli, who will guest uh, with us at 820, has uh, 
uh, sent a social media post that says, uh, Behold, the 2023 Heritage Classic uniforms for the Oilers in Flames. Uh, Frank Cervelli will join us at 8.20 from the Daily Faceoff. So, um, pictures coming out this morning. Um, the Oilers uniforms are inspired by the Edmonton Mercury's, a team that won the gold medal in the 1952 Olympics in Oslo, Norway. Billy Daw on that team. Uh, Don Goff, so many local guys uh, that were on that team. Um, the colors feature the current Oilers orange and royal blue, uh, but a little bit of vintage white, it says. The crest uh, is layered felt. Ooh, might be a little little heavy out there. But I, I'll know, I know one thing. I, I did a lot of things with uh, Don Goff uh, and Jeff Goff. That's his son over the years talking about the 1952 Mercury's. There's another. We've we, we got to do some a history story on that one day, Duke. Um, anyway, uh, layered felt. Hopefully it's a little light, lighter layered felt than what those guys wore in 1950. Uh, the pants are um, kind of tan. The, the gloves are tan. And Battle of Alberta emblazons the inside back neck. Uh, the Flames... Uh, we'll be wearing white and red trim. Uh, it says the Flames are inspired by the historic Calgary Stampeders hockey team of the 50s and 60s. And you can kind of see that in the logo. Um, it, you have that feel from back there. And so I guess both teams kind of going with a little bit of a, a retro, a little more retro, more historic look, I guess you could call it that. Have you had a chance to have a look at these babies, Duke? Just pulled them up uh, right as you were talking about it there. And, uh, yeah, the NHL did just release a little uh, video with it as well yeah. in addition to the actual graphic that Frank had tweeted out too. So, yeah, um, the uh, the most interesting part I see is mm-hmm. the uh, Oilers going, like having the numbers inside the oil drop. Kind of a, a very unique little flare. It's... Uh it is. It's. It is very unique because normally we never see those on the front. Like you know, it's the not only like, time we've seen something yeah. like that is uh, numbers like up on the shoulder or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, dead center. The the player's own number. Players' numbers on the sleeves are a lot lower. If that matters, um, if you're at the game, it's pretty hard to see anything. <laughs> I mean, you're just you're a ways away from the ice. But uh, it's about the atmosphere. It's about uh, being outside that uh, everyone will uh, remember back in, in 2003. So this is, of course, the 20th anniversary of the Heritage Classic. comes on uh, October 29th, Saturday, 5 o'clock, face-off. So hopefully the weather's just super and really looking forward to that. It was a lot different 20 years ago. Duke, you, you would have been just a, a wee lad in Delburn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you remember the game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I I had friends that went to it and uh, froze nearly to death uh, (laughs) out there. But, um, yeah, I remember it for sure. And it was uh, very cool. You remember, the obviously, the iconic uh, uh, toque on the helmet and and whatnot. But uh, I'm really excited for this, kind of getting to experience in a different um, a different light, like you said, as a, a full-grown adult now, and I seriously doubt I will be going to the game, but just the the, the mm-hmm. vibes around the city and the, um, like you said, the atmosphere it'll yeah. provide, I think it should be a lot of fun. Um, 20 years ago, I was lucky enough to be doing the in-house broadcast or in-stadium broadcast at Commonwealth uh, for the alumni game. Gene Principe was on the Edmonton Oilers bench, and I was on the Montreal Canadiens bench, and yes, even though it was... Oh, man. Yes, it was cold, but they had so many heaters on the bench that the guys were too hot on the bench. I think 
they sort of did a test run to see how hot it was going to be on that bench. Um, then they toned it down, cooled it down, even though it got colder as the night uh, wore on. What do you think of these jerseys? Let us know at uh, 1-833-401-1440. one 401 Rockford wants to know, does Scotty Bulldog Olson still live in Edmonton? Yes, I believe so. Scotty had a bit of a, a health scare a few years ago. Uh, another guy that we've done many stories on uh, over the years at, uh, at Global and ITV. But, uh, yeah, uh, another guy that we should probably have on on the big program here, Scotty Bulldog Olson. I don't, I don't know if that's coming in the sense of, of that he was on uh, Dancing with the Stars or the Canadian version, or was he on uh, Battle of the Blades? I don't think the Bulldog was on Battle of the Blades. That would be a, that would be pretty crazy to see the Bulldog. Yeah, I, I like the, I, you know, the tan, the tan-colored pants and gloves. It's uh, it's kind of a cool, it's a cool retro look. It goes back to the day. It goes back to the day. Um, Calgary's uniforms are, are crisp too. I mean, I think that this is going to look really good on that ice. So, uh, pretty neat for sure. Uh, so we'll talk to Frank Cervelli about that at uh, eight twenty. Uh, is Frank out west, Duke? Do you know if he's out west? I'm not too sure. I got an email from yeah. him pretty early this morning, so okay. I would think that he's still out on the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, I, just I based off feel of timing, I think, but I think he's making his tour of Western Canada right now. Is he really? I think he is. So should should he should be here in studio with us then? Well, when he comes to Edmonton, why why don't we figure that out? Get Frank in. We'll Come get, on, I'll get. We'll get our best people on that. Uh, <laughs> well. <laughs> I don't know where that, we have to look high and low for that, I guess. Um, And then Mark Spector for On the Mark will be with us at 8 o'clock, and he'll probably, I think Speck watched the game last night. And again, it's it's really hard to get totally immersed into some early preseason games uh, when the rosters are as such. Um, Raphael Lavoie, uh, by all indications, and I watched parts of the game, parts of it, was noticeable. How does that sound? As uh, Jay Woodcroft said after the game, the try, the effort was there in Winnipeg. Again, one nothing after 40 minutes. Uh, Jay Woodcroft did mention that the team may have run out of gas a little bit in the third. It's one 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 nothing after uh, 40 minutes, 2-1 after 50 minutes, and then really three goals in the back half. As we touched on off the top of the show, uh, Bo Aiki uh, returned to his junior team in Barry. He will get things going with the Colts uh, ASAP and then uh, try to have a good first half. And that's what he said in his interview last week. Have a really good half. Make Hockey Canada, the world junior execs, uh, take notice. Have a good uh, showing. See what happens. Be nice to uh, make that team and take it from there. Have a good good season, and then uh, for an 18 year old, uh, really shows poise on the back end. Uh, no question about it. So, top of the hour, we're, we'll uh, joined by Mark Spector from Rogers Sportsnet. Before that, this Sports 1440 update brought to you by First Round. You can watch NFL football at First Round Monday, Thursdays, and Sundays, and you could win a trip to watch your favorite team next year. Here is the Duke.